The content in this show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome back to another episode of Mother's Milk the Show. On today's episode, we're joined by Reagan Janelle Hales, fitness and nutrition expert and owner of the Burn Unit Workout and Nutrition Program and co-founder of UFIT Cheer and Dance Incorporated. As a dedicated personal trainer and nutrition specialist, Reagan is passionate about wellness and has helped countless of women reach their fitness and nutrition goals by developing personalized programs that fit each individual's lifestyle and fitness level. Currently, Reagan is conducting virtual programs where she leads live training and nutrition sessions throughout the week as part of her burn unit, which is designed to incorporate full body strength and cardio exercises while working with clients one-on-one to coach them on their nutritional goals. Now let's get into this week's episode. I'm Artika. And I'm Crystal. Welcome to Mother's Milk, the show. We're cousins. And new moms. Who both breastfed our babies. And if you're like us, you still have a few bags of liquid gold in the freezer. We started this podcast as an outlet for mothers to help them navigate breastfeeding, but also the roller coaster ride motherhood can be. We'll talk about everything from breastfeeding do's and don'ts to all things motherhood. So tune in to hear our experience from the perspective of two new moms trying to navigate motherhood together. Welcome, Reagan. Hey, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, Reagan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you here today. As you know, you know, you've been my trainer um, off and on for the past few years. You trained me before I had my son and during, we just didn't know at the time, but (laughs) I know that was crazy. (laughs) That was. She had me lifting all these crazy weights. But anywho, thank you for everything that you do and thanks for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. So let's jump right in. So first of all, tell us about your journey into fitness and wellness. What made you interested and what's your approach to developing fitness and nutrition programs? Oh, man. Okay. So my journey into fitness is um, I think it's pretty much a a common story that you hear a lot. (laughs) Um, You hear a lot about athletes who turn into trainers and whatnot. And I don't feel that my story differs in that way. I've always been very athletic. I cheered at Winston-Salem State University all four years. Um, Even prior to then, I cheered in high school. I've always been into sports and athletics. Um, So after I graduated, it was very easy for me to transition right into training because it was something that I love to do. I enjoyed doing it. It was probably one of my favorite things to do while working out, um, well, while cheering at Winston. So, which sounds crazy because the program is crazy there, but either way, getting, uh, graduating from Winston-Salem State University, then going into 
I guess the workforce, you're trying to figure out what exactly you want to do. And I always knew that I wanted to have a business of my own, which is why myself and my business partner co-founded You Fit Cheer and Dance Incorporated, which is a traveling cheerleading training camp company for athletes. So that fell right in line with what I wanted to do. But on my day to day, I would work with women, men from all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, ethnicities on just their health and wellness because I was good at it. And at the time I got into it because I was good at it. It wasn't until later that I started to really dive into why am I doing this? You know, what is going to be my sole purpose? And I realized like I truly enjoy working with people. That is something that does excite me in general. So that was the reason why I stayed. But then after that, I went into corporate America because I was like, you know, everyone's saying get a real job and whatever. And I heard that whole narrative and my grandfather was like, I put you through school. That's what you're going to do. And I was like, yeah, you know, because him, he's like, girl, it's not a job. And I'm like, well, it is. I'm getting money. You know, do you have benefits? Well, no. So if it doesn't have benefits, my grandparents were like, that's not a job. So <laughs> I just didn't get out. So I ended up going into corporate America, but I found my way back with the whole full clientele some way, somehow, I honestly don't know. And um, I just didn't enjoy the restrictions that were there in corporate America. So um, fitness was also like a gateway into my freedom as well. And not just to like my freedom, but to also help people gain an understanding to a health, you know, a life of healthy living, eating and um, just being in general. And that's something that excited me as well, because that's never been a way that I looked at it. So after that, I got into nutrition because my mother was actually about to undergo a heart trans, well, not a heart transplant, Jesus, I'm sorry, um, an open heart surgery. And I remember sitting there with her uh, maybe 24 hours prior to her surgery. And the in walks, the, I don't know, the nurse or, you know, the, the people who bring in the food and whatnot, they're like, here you go, this is what you ordered. And I was like, mom, why would you order fried chicken? Like, you're about to have my heart. You're about to have open heart surgery. Right. It doesn't make sense. So here we are going back and forth like, no, ma'am. And she's like, well, yes, ma'am, because it has the heart on it on the menu. And everywhere it has a heart on this menu, that means I can eat it. And I was like, that's crazy. And I, of course, I fact checked it. Like, give me that menu. So I looked at it and lo and behold, it's there with a heart. You know, you look at fried chicken and mashed potatoes with green beans or something like that and it has a heart on it meaning it's okay (laughs) so you know that made me dive deeper into nutrition and of course you can't do one without the other but that really made me go harder because she was literally okay with making that decision because her doctor told her it was okay and it told me that there's a bigger issue here and I need to, granted, I know I can't change the world, but if I could at least help one person get in here, get into their mind and realize that's not a sound decision. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to do that, sweetie. Then I know that I've done my job. So that's kind of like my story compiled into one. And that's why I I make the decisions that I do make. And I I talk to my clients the way that I do and try to educate them the way that I do as well, Mm -hmm. just so that they can make sound decisions on an everyday basis 
to not get into some of the predicaments or experience the health deficiencies that sometimes we say, oh, that's normal. You know, my mama had it. I, you know, everybody's going to experience high blood pressure. Well, that doesn't have to be true. So um, yeah, that's how I design my programs as well. Or that's the why behind me designing my programs as well. Yeah. It sounds like you found your why and your passion, which is awesome. And a lot of people don't listen to, you know, what their heart is telling them around what they're truly passionate about. It sounds like you did that and you were able to help your mom along the way as well and help inform her. So I think that's really, really important. So let's transition um, to the importance of fitness and wellness for pregnancy and postpartum, especially as breastfeeding moms. Of course, this is a show that's about motherhood, breastfeeding, postpartum, prepartum, whatever you want to call it, all the partums, right? So so, um, can you talk us through that? Some of those things that are really important around fitness and wellness and nutrition as it relates to pregnancy and, you know, postpartum. Well, you know, I don't personally have children, but throughout my years and my experience of just training everyday women and men, I've realized that that has been a big thing um, for a lot of people. Being able to conceive has been one thing. Um, Another thing of, you know, being able to carry healthily and be able to deliver healthily has been another thing. Those have been the the two things that I've seen over, I would say, the past 10 years of my trainings. And the number one thing that I realized um, and Crystal, you know, we kind of got into this unknowingly, but we kind of got into this as well. And I don't think we even knew or I even knew as a professional that you wanted to conceive or even thought about that until it was like, well, Crystal, you might want to check. Something's <laughs> 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 not right. I mean, I'm doing my part. We're exactly. training and I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm taking this exactly. measurement and I'm like, Come right. on now. And I will honestly say you were one of those examples that really or you were one of the experiences that I encountered as a professional that really made me sharpen up myself whenever it came to mothers or mothers to be and those who wanted to possibly conceive sometime in the future, whether it was right then or whether it was down the road, you made me sharpen up my skills. I don't think you even know this, but I appreciate that experience because it wasn't something that, you know, you're always told, you know, don't ask women about having children. And, you know, you kind of steer away from that. And I honestly don't think I had asked you prior to then. I I just don't remember having that conversation with you. And it was something that taught me to not tiptoe or walk on eggshells because that's a very clear conversation that you and your client need to talk about. That's a conversation that y'all need to have because that you have to completely shape their program around what it is, something that they desire, whether it's right then and there or whether it's down the line. And so naturally, if you're taking care of yourself and, you know, um, if you're taking care of yourself and you're paying attention to the things that you're eating, not depriving yourself, but paying attention, being more aware of what you're putting into your body, you can 
I guess you can really understand or you can really kind of work things out that aren't not working for you, whether that's pregnancy, whether that's, you know, anything else that you're trying to get into, you can work some things out or you could possibly walk into something or, you know, be able to get into this, this realm of uh, nurturing, if that's what you're trying to do, pregnancy, if that's what you're trying to do, um, anti-inflammatory issues, you know, that's something that you're trying to do. You can be well aware of those things. So I credit a lot of that to that experience or my understanding to that experience. So I've dealt with a number of um, women who have had issues with even conceiving. And I mean, we have a lot of glory stories, thank God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've also had some stories where it's like, whoa. And and sometimes these things are not due to, um, nutrition, the, the lack of nutrition or the, the lack of exercising or health, sometimes it's just God's will, you know, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of what I attested to. Um, but the more that you can make an informed decision about the decisions that you're making, period, I feel like, or even the education that you have, it can allow you to make an informed decision. So when I deal with women or I have clients who are, and even uh, males who are looking to be a part of that process because having a a healthy male counterpart is also a part of the process as well. And sometimes we don't give that credit to um, our significance when we're trying to conceive. So um, I really pay close, close attention to nutrition. What is your day-to-day like, you know? How much are you consuming on a day-to-day? What is your, your rest like, you know, are you getting enough rest? What um, micronutrients and macronutrients, your, your vitamins, your minerals and whatnot on the micronutrient side. And then for your macronutrients, your carbs, your proteins, your fats, are you getting enough of these things? Are you not getting enough of these things? Let's have these conversations so that we can set you up, number one, for optimal health for yourself. But then two, if that is something that you're looking to do, you want to prepare the best body that you possibly can on your own to be able to do that successfully, you know, as best as you possibly can. So um, whenever I'm talking to clients, we go through these things, we talk about these things, you know, I go deep into what is your um, what is your schedule? What's what do you want your schedule to be whenever you bring your little person or your little human being into the fold? You know, what is it going right. to be like? You know, what do you imagine this being? OK, well, it might not be that Okay, exactly. <laughs> that little person gets there. It's got to be different. However, mom needs to make sure she prioritizes herself. And that has been the biggest thing that I've been able to um, work into my personal programs for expecting mothers um, or mothers to be. That makes sense. And I I will have to divert a bit for a little bit of a story time. So you mentioned (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned the fact that, you know, I kind of helped you think through how to kind of tailor those conversations with your clients and you know, prior to becoming pregnant, I kind of, you know, discounted the fact that, you know, I had the ability to even become pregnant because I was told by a doctor, oh, you have fibroid tumors. And they're, the way your fibroids are positioned, there's no way that you can sustain a pregnancy. So I had that in my mind and I really didn't think that it was a possibility. And I didn't want to have to go through major surgery either because I'm a scaredy cat. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to surgery I need to get my mind right, but I'm so glad that I found you because you were able to couple 
not only the fitness part, the fitness part for me personally was easy. Like I enjoy working out. I enjoy going to the gym. The hardest part for me was, you know, getting that nutrition in order. And you taught me so much around the macro and micronutrients that I did not even know about. And I think a lot of that teaching and guidance that you gave me helped my fibroid tumor situation. And I never, never told you this before, but I think that it really helped me um, kind of get that, you know, at bay at some point, you know, and have me, you know, have the ability to carry a successful pregnancy. And now I can say today that my fibroids have shrunk, shockingly enough. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really thankful that I found you because, you know, I, I got my life in order from a nutrition and overall wellness standpoint. And I really appreciate that guidance. And if, you know, our listeners can, you know, find someone like a Reagan or find Reagan, give Reagan a call, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> Please do that because you are, you have a wealth of knowledge and I really appreciate all of your insight. You're super knowledgeable in all things, nutrition, wellness, fitness. So thank you for your guidance. Oh, thank that. you. That That's beautiful. I love hearing stuff like that because it's bigger than just, I want to get down to a size two. I want to get down to a size four. I want to have a booty like Serena Williams or, you know, I've heard a number of things. I want a booty like Serena Williams too, but more importantly, I want to be healthy. I want to feel good. If I'm going to have that donk or dragging that wagon, I want to feel good about doing it. I want to be at that, that, that optimal health, you know, that's the goal, you know, for whatever size or shape that you are, however God made you, that's fine. You know, you do that, accept that, but also accept the decisions that you're making and work on the habits that you have that will lead you into better health. That's my ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. So I'm so glad that that I didn't even realize that that was what happened as well. Um, I think you did share with me about, you know, fibroids and what have you. Um, I think it was after the fact, because I think we were both shocked. Like, yeah. hey, I remember you <laughs> called me after your um, visit with your doctor and you were like, yeah, I haven't gone down because I'm actually pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Right. Like I it's said before. Unexpected blessings. Exactly. I was shocked like I was 16 and pregnant, but you know. <laughs> Okay, so Reagan, tell us um, advice that you would give to a pregnant mom who may be dealing with severe nausea, kind of like myself and Artika both experienced severe nausea during pregnancy. Um, What could she do to ensure she's staying healthy? Now... I'm going to put it in. Y'all have a disclaimer out there. I know you do. Yes, we do. So always listen to what your physician says or the person who's working directly with you. But um, just through the experience of some of my clients who have gone through pregnancy before um, and have experienced those symptoms of nausea, some remedies that have worked for them are those cold, frozen things outside of ice. So one of the things that I have suggested personally have been frozen ginger cubes i would say get ginger tea put it in your ice cube ice tray freeze it and then you can either put that in a cup and just kind of suck on those cubes um i've heard about frozen grapes that has been another one um i just believe in sipping on some type of tea peppermint oil tends to work a lot for people 
who experience nausea. Um, ginger is just one of those things that really helps um, anybody, whether you're pregnant or not. Ginger just seems to always help. Um, so those are some of the little things that I have heard and I have also suggested to clients that have worked great for them. But um, more importantly, what I would always look at is what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis that you're doing? What are those things that you're ingesting on a day-to-day? -day? You know, look at some of those, those snacks, those fun, comforting snacks that we love to gravitate towards that we're just eating and baby really might not like that. Um, cheese puffs, let's talk about them. You know, you're, you're chomping on your cheese puffs or your Doritos or some type of chips, sometimes that can upset baby. Um, and you don't, you might not realize it on a day-to-day, -day, you know, if you're not pregnant and you're doing it, it might be doing that to baby. And because you have this human being or you're forming and you're developing life within you, now you're starting to notice these things. They become more prevalent in your day to day. So granny's like, well, I love cheese puffs. They make me feel great and I'm enjoying them. What's wrong with them? <laughs> well, the dairy, the dairy might be the reason why. Mm. So I would always um, suggest for pregnant mothers to be even, you know, um, in postpartum to avoid soy and dairy in excess. So you might even have to watch out how much of it you're consuming. You know, if you had the big bag, the family size bag of cheese puffs and you're just chopping on your cheese puffs, you might not realize that the serving size might be 10 to 16 puffs and you're chomping down on 30 to 42 puffs. So maybe you can have those puffs. You just might be overeating and your body just can't simply handle it. And sometimes it's more, it's more, it's deeper than that, I will say. So um, that's why I say that disclaimer, make sure you listen to your doctor, um, but just pay attention on some of the old habits or the habits that you have uh, pre-pregnancy and trying to bring them into your pregnancy might not match. They might not come together. They might not, you know, complement one another. So you might have to be a little bit more diligent about how much of whatever you love outside of pregnancy and bring that into your pregnancy because it just might not complement what you have going on. So I think that's literally one of my number one suggestions for pregnant moms to just Pay attention to your day to day, the things that you love to eat. Be careful with those things because baby might not like it. And, you know, essentially, you probably really don't need to have it anyway. So, you know, pay attention to those things, those habits and those um, those foods that you gravitate towards outside of pregnancy. You might not be able to bring them into. That's probably my number one suggestion or piece of yeah. I'll have to say this, you know, I have a very strong love for macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and I thought that would carry over in pregnancy, but it did not. I attempted to no. eat mac and cheese. Baby did not like that. But, you know, <laughs> I had to learn quickly. Yeah, I think my baby liked during pregnancy. Right. So I just want to switch gears just a little bit beyond um, carrying a baby in nutrition and go back to... Um, I guess go beyond carrying a baby and into breastfeeding nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I do know that um, people tell you, and it is a lie, at least for me, it is, was that when you're breastfeeding, you're going to lose all this weight 
and you're gonna like be snatched. And you know, yeah. after you get done breastfeeding, you're gonna be smaller than you were when you started. Is there any advice that you can give a breastfeeding mom in regards to nutrition? Not necessarily to help her lose the weight, but to at least be able to maintain the nutritional value that she needs for the baby, but also for herself. Balance. I mean, I think that's the number one thing because I heard that too. Um, so many people say, oh, it's, yes. It's I'm going to lose all this weight. And then, you know, you see another mom whose boobs are kind of like, you know, and, you know, the, the excess weight is still there and they become defeated and sometimes even depressed because they assume that this was going to happen for them. So some things that I suggest in that case is you have to pay attention to what it is that you are still eating, um, even in postpartum. Like you you have to pay attention when you're breastfeeding. You have to. Um, and I'll give this example of another client that I had. Um, and this just happened actually uh, last year. She had a pandemic baby. And um, she was um, breastfeeding and everything. Clean diet, very clean diet, does very well. Um, you know, super balanced with, oh, I'm getting up. I'm going to make sure I get my exercise in. I'm going to do a little bit of work. I'm going to go walking with my baby. You know, oh, she had energy. Insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was, I mean, oh, it was like, here I am. I don't even have a baby and I'm not even this balanced. All right, you go, girl. <laughs> and so it came to a point where she was like, I'm noticing mucus in baby's poo. What's happening here? So come to find out it was the soy that she was consuming in these healthy crackers and these vegan snacks and these, you wow. know, oh, low calorie this, uh, zero sugar that has soy in it baby's body can't process what mommy can process so here we are even though it says it's healthy it says it's zero calories it says it's low in sugar what have you you know what you're putting into your body you're doing the best that you can by putting these things into your body so that when you're feeding your baby your baby can be healthy too that's the whole idea that we have and so whole time you know even the way she was pumping the milk was like you know it didn't look the way that it should have looked um it was very you know clear on some occasions and it was like you could see the fat cells and stuff like that and something was just off she could tell because you know she's had a baby before and she was kind of comparing and they right. say you know every pregnancy is going to be different but she was like something's not right she was very in tune with it and so she you know spoke with her doctor and we had a couple of conversations and I said turn <laughs> turn that nutrition label over and you begin to read what's in there I'm seeing a lot of soy. Cut it out. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. You know, um, I think maybe the next day, I think she had a couple other pumps that came through that was like, all right, it's filtering through the body. And even though she had already been cutting it out, then boom, maybe I think it was like maybe two days later, it was like very consistent where her milk looked the way that it needed to look so that her baby could receive it. So I would say, um, balance in what you're eating because you're not only eating for yourself anymore at this point in time. In this case, now you are eating for someone whenever you do decide to breastfeed um, your baby. So you need to make sure that 
you pay attention to what it is that you're doing. Don't become obsessive. You know, right. definitely don't do that because that's something that a lot of moms do. A lot of new moms, they become super obsessive and it's hard not to because you want to do everything right. Um, but allow yourself some breathing time. Allow yourself time to just understand what's going on and for your body to adjust. Um, so whenever you're breastfeeding, but naturally, my point was with cutting the soy. Naturally, whenever you're going to cut soy, you're cutting these other things out that you normally wouldn't cut out or you kind of reduce the amount of it. Your body does tend to snatch if that makes any <laughs> sense. Um, for some people, I would also say find balance in a schedule that's going to work for you. Prioritize the things that prioritize the things that you should prioritize anyway. They say every day is, you know, doctors and everybody else. They <laughs> <Cool>. say <laughs> that you should work out a good three to four times per week. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, be in the gym for two hours long and pumping out this iron. That's no, you don't have to do that. But prioritize at least a good 30 minutes, three to four times per week where you give that back to yourself. Um, sometimes we forget about ourselves and we just do, 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 and we give and we put our body underneath all of this stress where it makes it hard or your body becomes resistant to doing the things that we want it to do, i.e. losing weight. So if your body is consistently under stress all of the time, what break have you truly given yourself? And that's a physical break. That's a mental break. Um, even getting into like something as simple as yoga. Well, let me not say simple because yoga is very hard. And my <laughs> <laughs> so the yogis out there had yeah. a cool beer thing. But finding that balance also helps as well. Um, and prioritizing the things that we skip over, you know. Adequate water, being on point with your vitamins and your nutrition, your nutritional needs at that point in time, eating consistently, eating enough, um, because sometimes we're under eating, <laughs> we're not eating enough. And one thing about baby, baby's going to get what they need, but is mama oh, yeah. going to get what they need, you know? That's so right. I think finding those balance in those things really helps with those other physical fitness goals that we have and those other nutrition goals that we set for ourselves while we're breastfeeding and trying to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and also take care of baby. That's huge. I know. For me, I had to really start building out a schedule for myself because I kept prioritizing other things and work to baby. You know, those are all important things. But at the same time, I've got to look out for myself. And I think as moms, new parents in general, we tend to not cater to ourselves and you really have to be intentional about it and really, you know, see if you can get help as well. You know, you need to build out that village and be really proactive about doing that so you can carve out that time to ensure that you are giving back to yourself through fitness and eating well. So I think that's super important. And thanks for making that point, Reagan. It's a lot. I mean, it's easier said than done. You know, here I am telling you, hey, you know, get a schedule and, you know, everything that sounds ideal, but mm -hmm. it's like your reality says something different until you have to really sit back and say, okay, 
How can I utilize my resources? Who's around me? What can I do? All right, I'm looking at social media or I'm taking the time just to sit over here in the corner for a second because I can't blink. You know, (laughs) I need to, you know, truly prioritize those things that's going to make mom feel well. And you have to be selfish. It's I know it's easier said than done, but it's not until moms get selfish and it sounds bad. It sounds so bad. It's like, I can't be selfish. My baby needs me. But it's not until you get selfish that you realize like, okay, if I'm well, everything else will be well too. It's going to take, it's going to be an adjustment period. Everybody has an adjustment period. Give yourself that adjustment period. Allow that grace. However, you do have to say, what's, I need to do this for me. I have to do this for me. And if I don't, guess who's going to fail? I'm going to fail in my health. I'm going to fail in other areas, you know, when it comes to my mental well-being, whatever, whatever, if I'm not catering back to myself or if I'm not being selfish with myself. So be selfish if you can. Yeah, that's important. I know last year dealing with the pandemic, I needed some type of outlet when we couldn't leave the house at all. And your virtual workouts came in handy. I mean, that was like the time that I could truly carve out for myself and take care of myself from your stretch sessions to our you know strength training sessions online. It really came in handy for me. And just, you know, I think we all need to take that step back and look at our our whole lives and figure out, OK, how can I build in this time to really take care of myself? Because, you know, that that comes first at the end of the day. So thanks for reiterating that for us. So we're going to move on to our next segment, Reagan, (laughs) which is our listener letter segment. And um, then we'll wrap up. So next up, we have Milkshake. Please send your listener letters to Milkshake at mothersmilktheshow.com. And we just may read them aloud on the show. Today's letter says, I was wondering if you all have any tips and advice regarding losing weight after having your baby. I'm four months postpartum from my third child, and I'm very unhappy with my body and weight. I understand that it takes time, but I sincerely am looking for good ideas on where I can start. Do you guys have any good meals, snacks, workouts, any recommendations that you can provide to me? Thanks. Reagan, I'll let you kick that off as the expert. (laughs) Yes, I mean, well, and everybody's going to have their own you know, remedy or whatever happened for them because everybody's walk is different. Um, but I think when you you ask questions like that, having the conversation always helps. Period. You never know what you can pull from people. But some of what we've already said um, in regards to the balance and finding that balance helps with weight loss. Um, making sure that you prioritize eating enough. You know, if you're only eating once or twice per day, I guarantee you that's not enough and you will continue to gain weight. Okay, period. At the end of the sentence, that's just the way it's going to happen. You have to consume enough food so that your body can be sufficient enough to do the things that you want it to do, whether that's making sure baby's okay, making sure you're okay, going to the park, hanging out with friends, doing work, whatever. All of these things require some type of nutrition accountability. So you have to make sure that you have that schedule in place where you prioritize eating enough. Because something, I mean, even my, I mean, those who are not even pregnant or, you know, not even going through postpartum or anything like that, 
we're under eating. We live in a very fast paced, you know, quick results driven society. And we sometimes don't realize the very basic things that we should be doing are the things that we need to yield these results that we're looking to yield. So um, making sure that you you prioritize that 30 minutes uh, at least three to four times per week. If that's walking, if that's, you know, jogging in place a little bit, if that's if you got your baby in your hand and you want to run up the steps real quick or whatever, <laughs> you know, run up the steps with the baby to go change the diaper. You know, if you have to um, some things that I love telling new moms to do is hold your baby and lunge in the house, you know, hold your baby and squat. That is your human size weight. That's true. <laughs> That's a human size weight. You know you're not going to drop that weight. You don't have to worry. You know that's you're not going to move So that's a great weight. You know, even whenever it comes to sitting on the floor and while you're sitting on the floor and you're playing with your baby, pick them up and move them from side to side. That's upper body strength. You know, that's twisting of the core. You know, that's building an obliques and abdominal strength as well. Um, stretching while baby's on the floor, getting tummy time. That's a great time for you to get down there with your baby and stretch. Work on breathing. Breathing, that is another one that we just don't prioritize. You have to send that signal to your body. Hey, I'm here. Send that signal to your muscles. Taking those deep breaths in and then slowly release you're killing so many I hate saying that killing birds with stones but essentially that's what you're doing sorry if any vegan listeners are out there they're not real birds (laughs) they're imaginary birds imaginary birds I'm sorry to the vegan listeners Um, but you know you're accomplishing more than just one thing by doing that if you're breathing you're stretching, you're sending that sign to your muscles. So naturally they're going to relax. You know, that's going to be a natural way for you to relax as well, to calm yourself. Any type of stress or any type of stress points throughout your day, that is a great time for you to take those breaths in and ease those stress points, which also helps with weight loss. Like all of these different things um, that we're saying really helps with weight loss. So it's not just one thing or the other. It's the combination of all of these things together. And I think the the more we get a good grasp on, it's not just one thing. Every little bit counts. I think the more you'll be able to see those results that you're looking for. So watch what you eat. Of course, back off the sugary, sweet, salty things. Back off of those things. I didn't say you got to cut them out completely, but back away just a little bit. If you know, normally have 40 cheese puffs, look at the back of the the um with the bag and see exactly what the serving size is and try to stick to the serving size. Very simple, hard to do, <laughs> but very simple to just look for yourself and you can hold yourself accountable, you know, get the bag out of sight, out of mind. If you're not eating enough vegetables, I tell this to my clients every single week prioritize your vegetables, please. And not the way that mama make them with the ham hock and uh, the pork, (laughs) not that way, okay? But those bright leafy green vegetables, you know, you want a bright plate. 
And you have to also coach yourself the way that you would coach your children. If you want your children to, you know, grow up to be these healthy individuals and make healthy decisions when it's time for them to make those decisions on their own, then you also have to lead by example. So start now. It's never too late to start. But all of those ways will help and assist in weight loss. And it just takes consistency. So give it time. Give yourself some grace. That's true. And if you don't mind touching on one thing that I think is kind of funny, I think you had posted on Instagram about this, the whole, you know, unhealthy salads. So I know a lot of times we tend to gravitate towards salads and we're thinking, oh, I had a salad. It was healthy. I make the most unhealthy salad that I've seen. (laughs) So Lee, can you share with our listeners about how to make a healthier salad (laughs) versus a very unhealthy salad full of bacon and onion and all this other stuff, fried onions and all that. <laughs> and I say this, I caught a lot of grief about that post, okay? I oh. caught a lot of grief because, you know, so many people were saying, well, I like my salads like that. Okay, I mean, that's totally <laughs> fine if you love your salads like that. Um, but how to make a good salad, I always say start with a great base, you know, a nice, vibrant, green base. Um, the greener, the better. Just always keep that in mind. You know that it's going to be super, super high in nutrients, super, super high in vitamins that we need just for a day-to-day basis. So start with a nice green base, rich in greens would be great. You can also do blends. Say you're not like, well, I don't want to do spinach. Well, there's kale. I don't want to do kale. Well, you can do an Arcadian mix, a spring mix. You can, you know, mix a little bit of your your butter lettuce in there with your spinach. You know, do a mix. I think sometimes we just get married to just having it one way. When really you can introduce your palate into something that's a little bit better while you're trying to, you know, uh, get rid of some of those old things or some of the things that you're used to. So start with either a blended mix or a a nice green base. That's the start. Um, I always love to load mine up with vegetables. Whatever vegetables that you like in your salads, don't be afraid to put them in there. Put them in there. I season my salads. It's food. Sometimes we forget to season the salad and I'm like, I'm not foregoing a salad without no seasoning. <laughs> No, uh-uh. That thousand island is honey calories. <laughs> but, you know, I love to season mine. I do a little bit of sea salt on mine. I do black pepper. I make sure that I blend my lettuce with a little bit of olive oil so that it can get soft. I don't like hard, you know, I don't know, dry, bitter, dry. I like mine to feel soft. I don't know. It's just a, a texture thing for me. But I also put a little bit of ginger on mine. I put garlic on mine. Sometimes I'm putting the onion on mine. So, you know, make sure that you're seasoning your, it, it's still food. So seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I already talked about vegetables. Whenever you're doing, oh, I love dried fruits and I just like fruits and I love nuts in my salads too. So if you happen to like nuts, if you happen to like fruit or dried fruits, why not try to put them in your salad? And sometimes you'd be amazed at how that blend just sets off your taste buds differently. Um, And you just wouldn't know until you try it. So why not? And also try to make your dressings. Or if you are like, I'm not going there for, I'm not making my dressings. (laughs) I'm the dressing that you like. Follow the serving size, but shake your salad up so that everything is coated. 
Sometimes we just dump the dressing on the top and then we try to whirl it around with the fork. <laughs> and then you get the chopping in there and then you're trying to eat it and you got some dry parts. So then you try to put more salad dressing up there. All you're doing is just dumping more refined carbs on top of more refined carbs. And all that's going to do is hurt you in your ultimate goal of losing weight or pulling in the waistline a little bit more. That's all you're doing. So if you can follow the serving size, great. If you can make it, even better. But you want to know what you're putting into your body. But that's how I would make a healthier salad. Um, if you're someone who loves the <laughs> bacon, and I was just kind of poking fun um, <laughs> in the salad thing, because you see it so often, you know, people say they're going on salad diets. I never want to go on a salad diet in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not that I love salads, but I'm not trying to go on a salad diet. I like having healthy salads into in my normal diet. Yes. But I don't want to go on a, a diet that deprives me from other things that I enjoy. So when you see these salads that just have all this stuff up there, watch your serving size, you know, and it's really about your serving size more than anything else. If you want to have a little bit of bacon on your stuff. You don't need to cook the whole full pack. You know, keep it less than two slices. That's too much. Just my language. The bacon, the egg. The, the the chopped up ham, the chopped up turkey, a little bit of steak. It just gets, it gets out of control. <laughs> <laughs> At some point in time, you got to stop. So that was really just me poking fun on our habits and not necessarily um, the decision. Have your, you know, your salad loaded with everything if that's what you want, but just be mindful of how you're pairing those foods and how they may not necessarily work in your favor because that salad loaded with everything, you might as well get you a fully loaded hamburger. Same thing. That's true. (laughs) That is very true. And I will agree with you. Like I have gotten to the point of dried fruit and nuts in my salad and they like just change everything about it like I'm talking pineapples apricots mangoes like Mm. I like all of that in my salad and I can like not have to have much else in it because I have these fruits in it and it's just like it makes a basic salad just like exceptional like it just it takes it off (laughs) it sounds really fancy I agree. <laughs> and taste buds, the more you introduce these things into, because you don't know unless you try, mm-hmm. you know, you probably, I remember the very first time that I was looking at salads and stuff, I would always do, my basic was just lettuce, uh, tomatoes, give me some chicken up there, some seafood <laughs> dressing, put some cheese on there or some ranch dressing. And that was that. Now I'm like, Oh, no. First of all, you can have that. I want to do this over here. I want to make my own dressings. I want to, you know, pull in the nuts and the dried fruits. And I don't even have to really have a meat or animal based protein on my salad because it's so meaty with all of the other things that I have paired in it. So don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Um, Sometimes I think that we're scared to do that because like "Mm -mm, that ain't how my mama made it. So I don't know about that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll step out. You're not a child anymore. You can make a big girl decision or a big boy decision. You know, step That's out right. your comfort zone and don't be afraid to try something a little bit different. So I love that. You might have to make me a salad one day because you're a salad. I know. They are good. Like, I don't <laughs> eat salads as much as I feel like I should eat salads. Mm-hmm. But when I make one, I think I can make a really good salad. Like, I'm just like, I'm all about all the fixings on it because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, these are good. Yes. And my daughter comes and picks out the fruit out of my salad because she doesn't want the lettuce and stuff. She's just like, oh, fruit. Pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> so she's it. like she's all game on the the extras in the salad, but yes. she's not going for the actual lettuce or anything. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yes. But but to my credit, my child is also very like picky about a lot of things. Like she like she's not a chicken nugget kid. Like if you offer her a chicken nugget, she scoffs at those. Mm. Like what have you offered me? <laughs> Twenty, like a lot of of the twenty ten kids and up, mm-hmm. I have no. Well, I'm. I don't. I don't know how old your daughter is. I'm She's sorry. Two. She's two. Mm-hmm. So I was really gonna say over the past five years, I've really noticed that there's been a difference. Um, and I, I can one client in particular is what I'm thinking about. Um, their son is four. He just turned four. Mm-hmm whole household love to do what they want to do you know not a healthy household at all okay (laughs) but the son is just you know if I come around and I'm like hey you know you want to try this whatever whatever he'll eat it and he's just fine and so what I'm thinking I don't have any proof to back this up but he's one of the many examples that I've seen of children at this moment that are under the age of five years old he's one of those examples of kids who are like, uh-uh, they just don't want the chicken nuggets in. You know, they might have it every blue moon, but they're really picky eaters. And I'm really feeling like it's now we're at that point where the recipes are changing for a lot of the foods that we probably don't realize. Mm-hmm. And so it's a speculation, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like their bodies can't respond to it because number one, the way that they were carried, those recipes were different. Mm -hmm. And so now that they're on the outside, you know, coming into their own, their bodies are like, "Uh -uh, I don't want that because I don't feel that their bodies can process it well. And they may not have the vocabulary nor the verbiage to express that. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't know. It's not that it makes me feel horrible. I just don't think it's for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something that I've been paying close attention to, again, five years and younger. And I really feel like it's something in the food. Um, the recipes are changing. I mean, we've seen that the recipes always change. Someone's always saying all oh, new recipe, whatever, whatever. You know, they're marketing it so that moms can mm-hmm. say, hey, oh, it's a new recipe. Let me grab that. It might be a little bit healthier or whatever. But they're changing the recipes. I don't know if it's a, more of a chemical base in there, but I don't think these uh these food marketers um and these food scientists or whatever when they're making these recipes i don't know if it's agreeing with um our kids stomachs and their systems and their digestive tract the way that they might feel that it is but those are my speculations 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know what it is, but she has her ways and she will karate chop you to say no. Oh, <laughs> she is serious. She is serious about her no. serious about it. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Reagan. And we hope that our listeners will want to prioritize making their health and wellness as part of their daily lives, no matter where they are in their journey. So could you please tell our listeners how they can find you? Yes, you can find me at www.reaganjanelle.com. That is R-E-G as in girl, A-N as in Nancy, J-A-N-E-L-L.com. And you can also email me at rjhwellnessgroup at gmail.com. Awesome. And how can we find you on Instagram? Instagram. Follow me at Reagan Janelle. (laughs) R-E-G-A-N-J-A-N-E-L-L. I'm up on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you joining us today. It's been a great conversation and thanks for helping us answer our listener letter. You provided so much insight and a wealth of knowledge. So we truly appreciate all that you do. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate you all having me. All right. Thank you. Thank you.